Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for listening. So this week we are talking about money. How do you feel about that? How does that feel in your body? Are you psyched? Are you curious? Do you feel a little bit squirmy? No matter how you feel, it's perfect. And also, maybe you feel nothing. And that is perfect as well. So let's talk about how money shows up in human design. I'm just going to scratch the surface of this, you guys. And let's dig in. Okay, so for starters, you've probably heard me touch on it before. There are two types of two styles of manifesting in human design. Now, when I say manifesting in this way, I'm going to say that there are people who are specific manifestors and non-specific manifestors. I'm not talking about energy type. Energy type is generator, manifesting generator, manifestor, projector, and reflector. So I'm not talking just to manifestors, even though that's the word I'm using right now. You can be a specific manifestor or a non-specific manifestor, no matter if you are a generator, an MG, a reflector, a projector, no matter what. It has nothing to do with your energy type. And all of us, no matter our energy type, are either a specific or non-specific manifestor. You got that? It has nothing to do with your energy type. Okay. So what does that mean? If you are specific, it means you're here for strategy. It means that if I ask you where you want to be in a year, that what you say, you're going to speak it into being. You're going to speak it into truth. And that action is going to come from a source deep within you. It also means that if you want to create a vision board, you're going to get super specific in everything on there. Like if you want to go travel to a specific destination and stay in a specific hotel, you put that on your vision board. If you want to meet with Oprah under her oaks at her house, you are going to take a picture of Oprah sitting with somebody who looks just a teeny bit like you maybe, and put your face on that guest's face. That is what specific manifestors do. If you want to make a certain amount of money, you are going to declare it. And maybe you're going to post that number all over the place. If you are an entrepreneur and you've got a specific type of client in mind. So niches are for you. If you're a specific manifestor, you will be so clear on who the specific person is that you work with and all the exercises, all that ideal client avatar stuff, just hold on for a second if you're not an entrepreneur. But entrepreneurs, you probably heard this, your ideal client avatar, you know, if she's a male, a female, you know, gender, age, you know what they eat for breakfast, you know where they like to shop, you know what kind of movies they like to do, you know what hobbies they do, you know what, how much money they make, all of that stuff. If you're a specific manifester, go for it. All of this stuff is in your power. If you want something, you can manifest it. Now, if you are non-specific, it doesn't work that way. For non-specifics like me, 
the universe knows better than we do. So if you ask a non-specific where they want to be in a year, they can tell you a great story because non-specifics are just as creative as the rest of us. But that story doesn't, we don't speak it into truth and it does not originate in a place deep within us. It is just a story and we probably won't remember it 10 minutes later. If you are non-specific, getting super specific will actually block your flow. If you are non-specific and you find yourself in a vision board workshop, here's how you handle it. Here's how you make it work for you. You can go ahead and get specific about how you want to feel. Maybe you want to feel electric. You want to feel expansive. You want to feel free. You want to feel in love. Those can be your, those are your go-tos, how you want to feel. But specific numbers, specific people, uh-uh, that's not for you. For me, I want to spread human design. I want everyone to know and understand and celebrate their human design and the human design of everyone else on the world. How I do that isn't up to me. I simply tell the universe that's what I want to do. I don't say I want to do it by being on this specific podcast, talking to this specific person. No, no, no. The universe shows me the best way to do it. And so for non-specific manifestors, yeah, that means a whole lot of trust. Again and again and again, trust like a mofo that the universe is going to bring you something better than you could possibly even imagine. So specific manifestors have this amazing talent where if they want something, they can make it happen. My favorite story about specific manifesting is my husband is a specific manifester. And when our fridge broke, he said he wasn't totally convinced it was broken. So he said, okay, but I'm only getting a new fridge if it costs this much. I'm not paying more than X amount. Well, so we went to Lowe's and guess how much we ended up paying? $1 less than the amount he declared. That is the power of a specific manifester. Now, when it come to being, comes to being non-specific, I have absolutely positively no idea. I don't even know how much a fridge costs. Like, obviously I can look it up like the rest of us, but declaring amount of money is not for me. Instead, my job is to stay in my own lane, do what I'm here to do and say, hey universe, please bring me abundance for being my authentic self. All right, are you with me non-specific manifestors? Let's say that together. Please bring me abundance for being my authentic self. Feel that in your body. Feel that truth land within you. And yes, I am focusing more on the non-specific manifestors right now because for me and my experience, I hear a whole lot of people speak to these specific manifestors and say, this is how you do it. Hey, you want to manifest? You want what? whatever you want. Let's make it happen. This is how you do it. You get super specific. And I... I've spent some time in my life working with hiring people who believe this specificity. And before I discovered human design, I actually worked with somebody who told me, Kelsey, you just got to get super specific. And I was so squirmy about it. And it wasn't just because 
it made me uncomfortable to get specific is because I honestly didn't know. Like I had nothing. I'd go, I could, again, make stuff up. That is how it works for a specific manifester. I mean, sorry, a non-specific manifester. I can, I can make things up just like we all can, but it's not truth. I'm not speaking it from my soul. For specific manifestors, when you declare a number, you speak it from your soul. When you declare exactly how many people you want in your program, you declare it from your soul. And so it is. Non-specifics, <laughs> you declare a number, you're making it up. It has no more power to you than any other number. So your best bet is, you know, the emoji with, well, like shoulder shrug emoji with the hands up. That to me is not the shoulder shrug emoji. That is the open to receiving emoji. That is the, hey universe, what's next? Show me. I'm, I am open to receiving. Again, please bring me abundance for being my authentic self. All right, now if you wanna dig into that more for you, Book a human design reading with me, okay? KelseyAbbott.com slash human design. Now, we're through that. We can talk more about that for days and maybe I will do an entire episode on that. But I want to keep talking about money. And there's another big spot in your chart that it shows up. When we go into our ego centers, also known as our heart centers and our will centers, because human design is not the most user-friendly, intuitive thing, experiment, we find the gates that show us what drive us. Gate 21. Gate 21 is all about managing resources and it's the drive to make money. So if you've got gate 21 lit up in your chart, your soul, your little baby soul, before you came to be a human on this earth, your little baby soul said this one is going to have the drive to make money, lots and lots of money. And why your soul chose that? We don't know the specifics, but maybe you are here to make tons of money so you will build a school. Maybe you are here to make tons of money so you will live in a mansion on the coast on your own private island and you will meet your soulmate on, well, I guess it's a private island. Anyway, the point is your soul doesn't choose for you to have, to be driven by a desire to make money just because it wants you to have a whole bunch of money. It's because making money, making tons of money is going to put you on your path. It's, it's part of your plan. It's part of the thing that's going to push you towards doing what you're here to do. Because each one of us, when our souls chose our blueprint for us, our souls said, okay, this person in human form in this iteration of Earth school is here to be this way and to do this thing. Our souls choose everything so that we can be who we're here to be and do what we're here to do. And part of the puzzle for you if you have gate 21, is to make money. So in, if you have any feelings like it's icky to want to make money, oh, no, 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 no. It is glorious to want to make money. Go for it. Go for it and make money. You're perfect. This is what your soul chose for you to do. We need you to make money so you can do the rest of what you're going to do. 
I have no idea what that is. Maybe if I look at your chart, I'll have some idea, but that's your soul knows it's deep within you. There's a part of you that does know why you're supposed to make tons of money. So if you have any questions about if you have gate 21 lit up and you're feeling a little eh about making money, please know that you're perfect exactly as you are and you are perfect in your desire to make money. Go forth, make money. Now, what if you don't have gate 21? I do not have gate 21 lit up. And a few years ago, ironically, around the same time, I was working with people who told me I was supposed to be super specific. I was also working with people who said, or hmm, maybe not working with people, surrounded by people who said, you're an entrepreneur. You have to make money. You have to want to make money. In fact, they would say, if you're not making the income you want, then you're not making the impact you want. Ah, you know what? I call bullshit on that. Impact is something totally different. In fact, my soul chose for me to be driven by the desire to impact people. I want to change the world. I want to change people's lives. I also have the drive to give to my tribe and be seen by my tribe. And I feel that so strongly. And note, note the term tribe there. I am not here to give to everybody. I'm not here to be seen by everybody. I'm here to be seen by my people. Those same people whose lives I want to change. The same people I want to impact. So I tried on briefly this whole idea of like, oh, I got a need. Sorry, wrong word. I got to want to make tons of money in order to truly impact people. So I tried this. Again, this is before I knew that I'm really not here to be specific. So I tried this like, okay, let's de declare specific numbers. Oh my goodness gracious. The like screeching halt that happened in my life in my flow, in my connection with the universe, with all things around me. It was like I could hear, hear the brakes squealing. And all of a sudden, I was like, what happened? What happened? Where's the disconnect? What happened? Now I know I was completely out of alignment with my design. It can happen that quickly. That quickly that I was trying to be someone that I wasn't. Now, let me clarify just because I have, I do not have gate 21 and just because I'm here to be driven by other things does not mean I do not want to make money. Cut that. It simply means that what I do is not driven by a desire to make money. You understand the nuance there? I still like money. I still would like to make money. I, I enjoy an energetic flow. I want to give to people and I want to receive from people. But making money is not simply, it's not what wakes me up in the morning. It's not what gets me excited to go out and be in the world. That would be impacting people. So, how, okay, how are you feeling on all things money and human design? Again, we can go so much deeper on this. And we will go so much deeper on this in one-on-one -on -one sessions. So if you want to do that, 
go to kelseyabbott.com slash human design and book a reading. Also, book a soul magic session with me and Tina to get clear on anything that might be holding you back from bringing in the money in your own style. Because the whole idea between behind human design is that we do things in alignment with our soul blueprint. We do things the way our soul chose for us to do them because that will create ease. And let me just clarify what ease means for a second. Ease doesn't necessarily mean easy. When I am riding my bike and it's a hundred degrees and I'm working hard and I'm 75 miles into a long ride, it doesn't feel easy (laughs) at all. And yet there is so much ease because there's nowhere I would rather be and nothing I would rather be doing. When we, when we climb a mountain, we're still working. You know, you cannot climb uphill without working your butt muscles. You are working. Maybe you're sweating. Maybe you're breathing hard. When you are pushing a boulder uphill, you are on the struggle bus. Like that's a totally different experience. The first one where you're just climbing up a hill, that's ease. Even though you are still putting in effort. Pushing the boulder uphill, that's not ease. So when you are living in alignment with your design, you will experience flow and you will experience ease because it's like you're being pulled forward by the universe. And again, this still requires some effort by your soul, by your human, by your body. And this is, this is what you're here for, to lean into your gifts, to own your gifts, to share your gifts, because we are all here to share our gifts. Remember, we are not a planet filled with 7 billion separate humans. Mm -mm. We are a planet covered in one human being shattered into 7 billion different pieces. And each piece is gifted with these unique gifts. Each piece, that's each one of us, is here to own and share those gifts so we can fit together with the other pieces and together we rise. You are unique. You are wonderful. You are amazing. You are completely different from everyone else. And that's what enables us all to come together, to fit together so nicely so that we can rise as one. All right. Now let's start talking about who this week's guest is. So this week, you're going to hear my conversation with Gal Khan. She's an author, international speaker, podcaster, a barrister, an attorney, a solicitor, an intuitive life coach, an EFT expert, an energy healer, a money mindset expert, and a mother. She's a former banking and finance lawyer who left her corporate job to pursue her passion and become a money mindset expert and healer. She helps entrepreneurs break free from their limiting beliefs about money so that they can live a life of unlimited abundance. Remember, you are unique. You are wonderful. You are amazing. You are here to own and share your gifts. And I love you. Go forth and be awesome. I'm so excited to play with you. So, go. 
Let's just start out on money. And you say you're an advocate for money. What does that mean? Well, I'm a lawyer. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a lawyer in three jurisdictions. I'm a lawyer here. I'm a barrister here in UK. In UK, we have this, uh, this, these two characters. We have barristers who go to courts and we have solicitors who actually work with clients and offices. And I'm one of those, those rare breeds. I'm duly qualified. I'm fully qualified barrister with the Middle Temple here in UK and also fully qualified solicitor with England and Wales Law Society. So I'm a lawyer here. I'm also a lawyer in US. I'm a lawyer and I'm an I'm associate of um, New York Bar Association. So I'm a New York attorney as well. So I'm qualified in three jurisdictions. So primarily I'm an advocate. And I, off the camera, I was sharing with you the fact that I am still an advocate, but now I believe I'm here representing money and becoming an advocate of money because money gets so much bad rep, my love. You know, every time we, uh, we lose a job, something goes wrong, oh, it's money to blame. There's a conflict in the family, there's money to blame. There's inheritance an issue, money's to blame. There's, the marriage is broken down, money's to blame. Most divorces happen because of money. Why does money get the blame? You had a divorce because you weren't able to come to a compromise. You weren't able to come to a sort of solution for your issues. Why is money to be blamed for it? If someone's holding on to money or someone's not holding on to money, why is money the blame? It's not money's issue. Money is neutral. So I, I really feel that this idea that money is evil, that money is bad and money makes you corrupt or money makes you arrogant is all load of BS. You are who you are. Money only acts as a magnifying glass. So depending on whatever your character is, money will exaggerate that. Money will magnify that. It will not change who you are at your core. You remain who you are. But when, when people have money, they're able to show themselves more. Or when they don't have money either, as well. it works both ways, by the way. Sometimes when they don't have money, people can show the true characters is there, is there as well. So this is why money, money itself has no emotions, it has no feelings, and it has no willpower to go X, Y, and Z. It will go where it's called. It will go if someone's in on, on, on the same vibration as it, even if they're a murderer and a corrupt politician or whatever the hell have you, if they get in alignment with money, money will come. Money has no choice in the matter. Albeit, money may not stay for very long because of you know other laws coming into place, but it won't, it won't actually stop us up from going there because it doesn't have a choice. It doesn't have free will. So I, I believe that I'm, I've become an advocate because I want people to get away from this thinking, this mass thinking that money is evil, money is the root of all evil. If you have money, you become corrupt. Nothing of the sort. Money has nothing to do with your character. You own your character. You decide who you are. Money will help you to be that person. That's it. Mm. So how did you said, like, if someone is, no matter who that person is, no matter what their character is, if somebody is in alignment with money, money is going to flow to them. Yeah. How, what is, what does it mean to be in alignment with money? What does that look like? Great question. That's a great question. So being in alignment with money means your feelings towards money are, 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 are happy and, you know, you're, 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 you're allowing it to come to you. You're not putting any obstacles in the way for it to come to you. So let me explain this to you. Let's take a step back and explain this way. So for example, we can't quantum physics teaches us that everything is energy we know this okay this is not woo woo this is physics okay so according to quantum physics everything's energy which means the sound of my voice my hair my finger my fingernails my hand everything is energy and that includes money money is part of the universe it's nothing else it's energy it's pure energy that's principle number one principle number two if everything is energy then everything must be vibrating at a particular frequency Right? There's no, there's no other way around it. That's law. Okay, that's physics law. That's principle number two, and that leads on to principle number three. 
if everything is vibrating on a particular frequency, which means if you get on harmony, you, or, you know, you, whatever you're in harmony with on that particular frequency, that includes money, you attract to it. Now, how do you get in harmony with money? You get into harmony money, with the money. Actually, there's different vibrations of money, but let's keep it simple for the moment. If you just want to attract money, you need to have positive and uh, happy feelings about money that you want to attract money. Now, you can attract money as a, as a gambler, as a corrupt politician, as a, a spiritual healer, as a, as a lottery winner, whatever. As long as you have somehow you get in alignment with it and somehow you allow yourself to attract money, money will come. Now, depending on what you do and how you attract it, that will determine the vibration of money. And it will depend, we can talk about that a bit later, whether the money stays with you or what kind of impact it has. The vibration of money is, um, is it decides how much money stays with you and how it impacts you. So that's what we'll come on to a bit later. So that's how we get in alignment. You, it's your feelings about it. So if we know that money is just energy, now let's take a different scenario. So imagine you and I go to um, go to a bar, right? And we and in walks this this gorgeous, you know, this gorgeous tall, dark, dark, sexy guy, and he's he's drop dead gorgeous. And we both look at each other and think, oh my god, he's so hot. But we in under a breath we say, you know, he must be so arrogant. He must be a narcissist. He must have think so much of himself. You know, he must be blah 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 blah. So under a breath, under the subconscious mind, we're sending negative vibes to him, right? So if we're sending those negative vibes to him, how likely is he to come and approach us and talk to us? He probably won't even look at us because subliminally, he may not be consciously aware, but subliminally he'll pick up our negative vibes. Simple as that. That's something we're all aware of. Okay, We know when someone's thinking bad of us or they behave bad with us, even if they don't, even if they smile, we pick up the negative vibes. That's human nature, right? Why is money any different? So think of it this way. If he, if he can pick it up and if he's just nothing but bundle of energy, so is, it, so is money. So if you are having these subliminal negative feelings about money, money is a root of all evil, money makes me corrupt, I don't want to be rich. Can you see all these negative so-called limiting beliefs people call it? I call it these are your money blocks. These negative feelings towards money actually block money from coming to you, hence the money blocks. You need to change these feelings, which are more powerful, by the way, than the couple affirmations the first thing in the morning, first last thing at night, because they are those are just empty words without feelings. So it's just empty words. If your feelings are stronger and those feelings have more of an impact on your energy, you're pushing money away, and that's what it means to be, you know to actually to get in alignment with money. You have to change your feelings, your inner feelings about money, and allow money to come to you. Make sense? Yeah. So you're saying that I can't just be like, I love money. I love money. And just keep repeating that. And all of a sudden get handed a pile of money. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's the, you know, that unfortunately that's the, the, the message the most people received after watching the movie, The Secret. The movie, The Secret is great. I think it's the, the message of, or the idea of law attraction has been sent out to millions and millions of people, which is fabulous, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, it's also being given this bad rep because, oh, well, law of attraction doesn't work for me. Law of attraction is working all the time. Like the law of gravity, it doesn't stop. But if you don't know the laws of gravity, how are you going to make the plane fly? Similarly, if you don't know the laws of law of attraction and what the principles are and how to make it work for you, it's going to work, but probably against you. And you know, it's not going to be working in your favor. And that's the difference. So no, these affirmations, I think affirmations are great. I'm not, I have got nothing against affirmations and I, I, I prescribe them or I give them or I, you know, depending on what, how we're working with my clients, I, I talked about them in certain ways. But they're one piece of the puzzle, not the whole puzzle. And so affirmations are great, 
But what you need to be working on is your inner feelings towards money. And I have a strategy for that. And that's what I think is, I call it a shortcut, how you, how you can change your energy around money and how you start seeing money. Most people see money as a piece of paper or a means to an end or, you know, a tool or that, that's it. If you notice, not once have I described money as a tool, as a piece of paper. I've given, if I do, if you see, even hear the energy I have and the way I speak about money is with a lot of respect and with a lot of affection. There's no greed for it. There's no need for it. At the same time, there's a lot of respect and dignity for it. It's energy like me. So why would I not give it respect? It's not below me. It's not beneath me as, as, a, as my cat isn't beneath me either. My cat is a bundle of energy. Money is a bundle of energy. Obviously, I'm not going to love my cat the way I love money or love money the way I love my cat. It's, the feelings are different. But still, I have equal amount of respect for both. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I you're, have, And you're not going to snuggle with money. No. And you're not going to use your cat to pay for something. Exactly. They're two different energies, but I love them. You know, I, I can love them both equally differently. Mm-hmm. There's a different reason for money to be in my life. There's a reason, reason for my cat to be in my life. My cat comes into my bed every single night and snuggles up to me. I have no choice no matter. And she's not there. I'm worried about like, where the hell is she? Right. Uh, if money is not there in, in my bank account, then I will be concerned. Like, why is the money coming here? What's happened? You know, what have I done to you? But, do you see there's, there's different reasons for both. And I can, ha- there's more than enough room in my heart for me to have enough love and respect for everyone, including money. So how do we, I don't know what the right question is to ask. Do I ask you, how do we show money that we respect it? Or how do we cultivate respect for money? Great questions. I'm hoping you would ask that. So <laughs> me on to my, the shortcut I just referred to. What I want you to do is actually personify money. Now, we're going to go through an exercise, and you can do this right now, and anybody who's listening can do this right now. What I want you to do is close your eyes for a moment, and what I want you to think about is someone. Now, this person I want you to think about cannot be someone you know, cannot be someone you've seen on TV, cannot be someone that you've met in person, okay? It's not a character from a book either. It's someone completely that you make up with your imagination. This is where you use your most powerful tool, your imagination. I want you to think about someone in your mind who would be your best friend. Would it be a guy? Would it be a girl? How old would they be? How tall would they be? What kind of eye color would they have? What kind of skin color would they have? What's the ethnic background? You know, what kind of education background they have? Do they have a sense of humor? Your ideal best friend, what would they look like? What would they sound like? Or how would they behave? And what kind of hair would they have? What kind of, you really get very specific in terms of this friend of yours. This is your ideal best friend, but it cannot be anyone you've ever met or seen on TV. This is very, very crucial, very important. Okay. Once you have the image in your mind, I want you to give that person a name. So for example, for me, it'd be Michelle. I have my best friend is called Michelle in my imagination. Once you've given that individual a name and you've personified it, this is now your money avatar. And this money avatar is now going to be your best friend. So guess what? We formulated your best friend first. Now you've given the name, that's your money avatar. And this is a person in your mind that you're going to build a relationship with. Now, if you're familiar with, um, you know, how personification works, it's giving energy the ability to be a human form and you're able to be friends with it. Now, this person, for example, Michelle, for me, who's this Greek goddess, she's got, for some reason, she's got Greek, she's always had blonde curly hair. She's sexy, spanky, funny as hell, my age, um, doesn't give a hoot about anything. 
is very very courageous but very feminine very girly same time so she's my best friend i've never seen this person i've got she's she's a you know figure of my imagination someone like you know as children have those you know imaginary friends it's like that but so really really real for me and that's weird now this is why now this is your best friend now when you see your money as your best friend can you see what it changes it easily changes how you feel about money you no longer want to hold on to it. Can you imagine taking your best friend, lock him in the room and say, dude, you're not coming out of here for the next 10 years. That's not going to happen, right? But your friend is going to run away in a mile. You're never going to see the friend again. Same thing with money. Money has this ebb and flow of money. Money has to flow, hence the name, cash flow. Money cannot stay stagnant in one place. Even if you invest, you, when you take money from one thing and put it into investment, yes, it grows for you. It's supposed to bring more money into the account, but obviously that money is being utilized by the banks or whatever else or that, that portfolio, and it allows it to flow through. That's the whole purpose of money. It flows. It has to flow. So when you meet your best friend, the stronger your relationship with your best friend, you know your best friend's going to be there before you know you need them. They're going to have your back. They're going to be there. Dude, what's up? How can I help you? Right? Don't worry. I got your back, right? That kind of attitude. Yet, you're not going to say, please stay with me. Please stay with me. The greed, that need for money no longer goes. See, this is the energy I have. When I talk about money, there's no greed. There's no need. I know money's going to be there whenever I need her. She's always, Michelle's always going to be there. She's, you know, she, maybe she comes and goes and times she goes. And the moment she's here, tomorrow she'll be gone. But I know before I need her help, before I need her, she's going to be there saying, go, what's up? And you, you, you build that relationship with the best friend. You don't hold on to them. You say, oh, I'll say, Michelle, I haven't seen you for a while. Let's go for a cup of tea. Let's go for, you know, let's go for lunch or something. We go have a girly lunch, have a laugh and a giggle. And then she goes her way. I go my way. I know I'm going to be sad to see her go. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to miss her. But I know I have the expectation that very soon I'm going to see her again. And so she'll come knocking my door. So go ahead, pop over. Let's have dinner together. Can you see the relationship changes like this? And it's such an easy way, it's a shortcut way of changing. So now I'm no longer thinking, now me thinking Michelle's evil, that doesn't even come to my mind. Michelle's cruel, no. Michelle broke up on marriage, no. Why Michelle wouldn't do that? Why the hell would Michelle do that? It's not Michelle's fault, it's their fault, right? Can you see? Instantly you start changing how you think and feel about money because all this time you think Michelle made me arrogant, Michelle made me cruel, Michelle made me uh, this. No, Michelle didn't make you kill your friend. You killed your friend, right? Your greed killed your friend. Your greed killed your marriage. Your obnoxious behavior broke down this relationship, not money, not Michelle. Can you see this? It's, it's very easy to get your head around this idea uh, when you personify money and you start thinking it's just energy. If, if my money is just energy and it's just pure, innocent energy, then how can I blame money for all the world's problems? You can see yeah. how this works? Yes. I want to say something to all the non-specific manifestors out there. So on this podcast, we talk a lot about human design and there are two types of manifestors in human design. Everyone doesn't matter your energy type. You're either specific or non-specific. Mm-hmm. So people who are specific when you were doing when you closed your eyes and did Gull's exercise, you probably had this like really strong vision of your best friend with all the details down to the ringlets in her hair or his hair or, you know, everything, probably know what they're wearing, all of that. If you're non-specific, probably had nothing come through. Or maybe you, like me, kind of tried to make a cartoon character out of it because my person was rainbow. 
Yeah, why and, not? You can be, of course. Exactly. So if you're non-specific, keep it non-specific. If your best friend ends up being a cartoon rainbow, <laughs> then go with it. Because for non-specific people, it'll actually block our flow when we get super specific. So please don't force it because for specific people, this stuff, it just happens. Mm-hmm. For a non-specific, it's not going to happen for you. Don't Don't make shit up. Just let it be random and go for the feeling. How does it feel when that like cartoon rainbow is skipping down the street with you? And that's what, so replace everything Gull said about like this getting super specific about the human and just get the feelings that you got with this new best friend of yours. Yeah. The idea is the feeling behind it. You're absolutely right. It's not actually the reason why I get people to be specific is so they have an image to work with. But if you're unable to do that, don't let that hold you back. You actually just focus on um, the feelings you get. So when you're, you know, when you're with your best friend, you don't have to see their face. You just know how they make you feel. They make you feel comfortable. They make you feel safe and they make you feel loved. And that's all. And that's what you're reciprocating. You're, you're feeling love and affection and, you know, and tenderness and safe for them. You, 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 you feel like you can trust them and you know that they can trust you. That is more important than anything. Yes. And one of the things I feel when I'm around people that love me and I love them is super playful and that's super important to me. So then how do I want to feel around money? Playful. I can't be in a lack mindset and feel playful. Yeah. Well, you can't be angry with money, frustrated with money and be playful with it. It's not possible. No, that's not a fun game. No, it's not. I'm not. So if you are in that place when you become playful with money, you know you've changed something inside of you in terms of your energy around money. Mm. So how do, okay, we've now personified money. How do we change the energy? This, this, this process of building that relationship with money, this will start changing energy. Obviously, there's a few other steps to go with it. Um, I don't know, we haven't got the time to cover everything, but this is a great start. So from here, it's about building that relationship. So what I talk to my clients about is, now that you've met, so when I introduce these people, I usually introduce people to the money avatars in in my workshop, my five-day workshops. So now that I've introduced you to money, now let's go on and build a relationship with her or him, okay? If you meet someone for the first time, you're not going to have be best friends with them. It doesn't work that way. You need to actually and spend time and energy into that relationship and you know make it a priority before that becomes a solid friendship and before that you, know, you can start trusting them the idea here is you begin to trust money and vice versa money begins to trust you that you are honest you're sincere and you're going to literally pick it up and lock it in the room somewhere you're going to allow it to come and go as it pleases and this is very important and this comes as you slowly slowly build a relationship with money your money avatar be it character, be it through playfulness, through whatever, you know, my, my, you know, even though my, my um, character, Michelle is very clear and specific in my mind. She's very playful. Like I said, she's funky and she's funny as hell. And that's who I like. I like having fun with her. She comes in, um, you know, we have great time with it yet. I, you know, if I'm upset or and especially not now so much, but when I was first building my business, she was my biggest comforter. You know, I would, I would, you know, go into my meditative state and speak to money and she would be my biggest comfort. Take me by hand and say, okay, this is your, what you are manifesting. This is what you, and all my business I've actually made in my mind first before I showed up in, in the physical 3D world as so you know how you manifest. So she guided me through it. 
she held my hand and said, look, this is coming. I'm here. I've got you. I got your back. And every single time I was really down and really upset about something, she held my hand. And I promise you, without a doubt, as when I've gone through one of those meditations, a couple of days later or something, I would have a major breakthrough. I always, always did. And this is why I know I trust her so much. Same way, when money comes to me, I'm very, very good with money. I'm not, I'm not spendthrift. I don't wait, I'm not wasteful. I allocate to where it needs to go. So I'm a great money manager too. So money trusts me as well. So it's about, and so this is where it's very important. We don't want to go too woo-woo and forget that we're in the physical world. You do need to align yourself with physical laws of money, which are tax laws, which are you know money management, which is you know making sure that you know how to invest or actually get advice on how to invest, and you know how making sure you have some kind of investment portfolio. So you do need to learn and educate yourself about the physical man, as I call the man-made laws of money as well. So you can manage money better when it comes to you, because money doesn't like chaos. It doesn't. She doesn't like confusion. She likes to have clarity. Or he likes to have clarity, whatever money avatar you have. But at the same time, you build your relationship with money through these meditations, through your, you know, your inner conversations. And what you'll find is your inner chitter-chatter that's negative about money will start to diminish because every time you have a negative thought about money, like if someone says anything about money, I'm the first one like, why why do you say that? That's not true. That can't be true. Why? Because they talk about my best friend, they talk about Michelle. Why would I hear anything bad said about Michelle, right? This is the kind of subconsciously you start reacting like, no, that's not true. No, actually, that's not really true. That can't be true. This isn't true. I don't believe that. I don't buy that. So you stop buying into the media brainwashing that's get done as well. So that's something else you have to remember. We are bombarded with it every single day, how rich people are bad. All our TV programs, all our films, all every, all our books are full of people. The average working class person is great. Middle class are okay. And the rich people are super arrogant, awful, greedy, horrible people, which we never want to be, right? This kind of brainwashing that happens, you'll be able to start recognizing, okay, so this is not true. And look how they're depicting, you know, rich people here. That's not true. I don't buy that. Money doesn't make them like that. He was mean beforehand. Money didn't make him like that. So you start questioning and picking out this these things these subliminal messages that has been sent out to you as well so this works on so many different levels it's absolutely amazing so what do you say to the person who's like i don't believe that money is evil but money isn't flowing to me how do you help that person so i'm going to say that you know that's that would be the majority of the people okay majority of people who are listening to the podcast they're probably consciously aware otherwise they wouldn't be listening to the podcast in the first place now, I'm one of those people, I don't, I don't beat around the bush. I'm very direct and very, very plain. I'm going to say, if you think you have a good relationship with money, if you think money is an evil, yet if money is not in your bank account, that's hardcore truth that you have some kind of misalignment and you know negative feelings about money because money doesn't go or money doesn't actually stay if it's not welcome. And if your energy is subconsciously not welcoming money, then that's what's happening. So a lot of people can actually attract money. And this is what I find because I work with a lot of six, six or seven figure entrepreneurs. They are in a position to actually attract money just can't keep it. And they're like, I'm making so much money, but I can't keep it. And I'm, I sort of highlighted them, just because you are providing a great service, you're able to attract money. Money will go. If you provide a great service or a product, money will come to you, but it will only stay if you are going to be welcoming to it. So somewhere in your energy, in your, in, your, in your subconscious programming, you will have these negative ideas about money and that's what's repelling money away from you. So if money's not a bank account, there's a very simple exercise you can do, which is as follows. So 
let's get over ourselves and think, okay, I've read Think and Grow Rich, and I think I've read, you know, um, you know, uh, You Were Born Rich by Bob Proctor. I've read all these, and and the, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. I've read all these books. And, you know, I'm very good money. You know, you're not. Let's let's get real. The first thing I want you to do is put a timer on your phone for five minutes, and then get a pen and a paper and just write. Think, okay, money. What do I think about money? And just write. The first few minutes, you'll be writing money means freedom, money means wealth, money means I can buy this, money, blah, 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 blah. But what you'll find is after two to two, two to three minutes, you will consciously exhaust your ideas of what to write about money. But the, you cannot stop. You have to constantly keep writing, even if it means gibberish or whatever. But what you'll find is when you don't pick up your pen and you continue to free flow write, after the first two or three minutes, your deep, dark feelings about money will start coming on the page. You're not consciously aware of this. Remember when you're writing, you don't really understand what you're writing. So you write, you end up writing something like money, I know money never shows up on time. Money's never enough. I mean, that person cheating me on money. I don't know why money can do this. You know, why am I always stressed about money? Why would the money didn't show up on time, et cetera, et cetera. When you, when you finish the time I go stuff and you go back and read it, the first two, three minutes, you know, it's all positive and all the stuff can be read from all these great books. But later on, slowly but surely, your inner mind starts opening up to you and you realize, oh, this is what I feel about money. Oh, this is how I feel about money. It's the great aha moments you get. And then that will literally indicate to you why money may come to you, but why it doesn't stay. Make sense? Yeah, I love that so much. And it reminds me of one of my old favorite exercises that I used to have people do as they're learning their own self-worth, which is have them write a list of a hundred things they love about themselves and do it in one sitting. It has to be in one sitting without mm-hmm. free flow writing. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder also if you could do a hundred things you lo- love about money in one sitting. Um, you can. The reason why I don't say, because you're forcing yourself to think positively about money. I don't want them to think positive about money. I want them to get honest opinion about money. Yeah. And then I say, okay, what do I think about money? Start with that as a general question. So you're not literally forcing yourself to think positively you're asking what do i think about money money means freedom money means great and then slowly slowly you think money means blah 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 and the truth comes out and when i get people to do this exercise a lot of people are surprised at the deep core um sort of feelings they've had about money they're like well i've read and congratulate that a gazillion times i've attended you know tony robbins event and i've done this and i've done that and why do i still feel about this because that's this subconscious programming. No amount of uh, you know reading books and all this NLP work is going to get you there unless you change your true feelings about certain matter. Yes, you may have some increments. You know, you may get some better money. You may feel better. You may start bringing in more money. Yeah, you may end up getting producing a great product, you know, or a service, and start having clients and help pay you. But money will not stay if it still doesn't feel welcome. Mm-hmm. What about the people that are like? I'm just not that into money. Yeah, my question is why not? My question is why not? See, the thing is, you know, I, even those people say, well, I just want to be comfortable. How much is comfortable for you? Okay, and why not get the com- get it to come? So, for example, unless somebody said to me, you know, I I really want to just give money away. I'm saying, great, do that. Right? Who stops you from making a million bucks? Making sure you have enough to, you know, a million bucks a year having enough to pay for, you know, your rent or mortgage or whatever the house is, your housing, for basically your housing, your food, your shelter, your, your transportation, whatever your transportation is. And then the rest, you can go and, you know, and help people. 
you are in a privileged position. If you're listening to the podcast, you are in a privileged position to be able to utilize the opportunities we have at hand. We live in the golden age. We really do, even with the coronavirus, okay? You're in the golden age to be able to provide a service or sell a product from your home, use the internet, and make you know, a ton load of money. And when you make so much money, you're able to you, you know, fulfill your needs and simultaneously go and help other people. It may be that your, your passion is, is cats, or you have a passion for, I don't know, tigers and pandas and um, fish and dolphins. Or it may be for me, like in my case, it's children. I'm just, I, I think I'm the mother for the whole bloody world. So my my biggest goal is to you know make enough money to make sure that I educate. My primary goal is children, especially young girls, to make them, they, they are educated and they're financially empowered. So change their money mindsets for, for me as children. So I get get to a certain level, I can have my charities, I can start working with young children and especially young girls, making sure that they never have to compromise on anything, be it the father, the uncle, the dad, the husband, the child, the son, they are financially empowered. That's really important for me. But then that's my thing. So for that, for my own self, I'm, you know, I need to, I, 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 and there's no reason, by the way, there's no reason why you can't experience material goods. That's something else that really bugs me. I know you want to be a spiritual person, but you were a spiritual being before you came to the physical body. You're going to be a spiritual being after you leave this physical body. You have this physical body for a finite period. So while you have this physical body, you came into this physical body to experience this physical world. Why not experience it? Why not have great sex? Why not have great food? Why not have great you know, experiences? Why not go and see nature? Why not feel the sun and the rain and the river on your skin? Enjoy it. Why not have those amazing relationships? Why not have that physical contact with your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your uncle, your aunt, your child? Why not do all of that? Experience it. Yes, you will go and have a physical, non-physical, spiritual experience again. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And yes, I'm looking forward to that too, because I do love divine energy. I'm looking forward to going to the next world again. I came from there, I'm going to go there. I'm not worried about death. But while I'm here, I want to live. I want to experience this physical world to the best of, of, of my ability. I am, by the way, I'm not a jewelry person. That's If you are, that's good. For me, it's not. But I am a car person. I want to have the Lamborghini. I love cars, cars, right? I want to have the Lamborghini. I want to have the Tesla. I want to have the Bentley. I want all of that. Why not? You know, what says, who says I can't have that and might have make more than enough money for whatever I need? And why can't I make billions? So, you know, I, for my own need, I need a couple of million. Fine. You know, a couple of, you know, a couple of those cars and a nice house, I'm done. Nothing else needed, right? And, you know, holidays a few times a year, I'm good, I'm good to go. A couple of millions enough for that. But why can't I go ahead and make billions? So make sure that I leave a legacy behind and I can actually spend the rest of my money, which will probably be 90% of my income on the charity I just spoke about. My children will be educated. They'll be going ahead and they'll do whatever they want. But I can spend that money on these children, educating all of them. So they're financially empowered, so they can help the economy of their own countries, let alone just themselves. And they can go and have a ripple effect on everyone else. Can you see where I'm going with this? Why is it not important? What's the, when you're talking about educating those young girls and educating them around money, what's the first thing you want them to know? Um, That they need to be, independent they need to take financial responsibility themselves they cannot allow any third party be it the mother the father the uncle the brother the you know the son to be financially responsible for them they need to be financially responsible for themselves and they have all the ability all the talents and all the skills required to do that if they need to learn a particular skill they will if they need to learn get financially educated they, they, they will if they need to do something go somewhere they'll be able to do that but they have to have the courage and the desire 
to be financially independent. Doesn't matter what part of life they're in, they're never, because I've been there, by the way, been there, done that. Um, never, ever, ever give your financial independence into any other man. And I, you know, in this, in this I've learned the hard way. I mean, my mother taught me this, by the way. So this is why I studied so hard and I got to where I was. Yet, being in the UK, and keep in mind, I'm a lawyer qualified in three jurisdictions, but I come from a culture which is, which is my parents are from Pakistan, my, my ex-husband also from Pakistan. And my in my my religion, Islam allows men to marry four times. Okay, they allowed to have four wives. Um, but one thing people don't understand is Islam allows man to marry four times, but he doesn't force wife to stay with the man. If my husband wants to marry a second time, dude, it's your choice. He gives you permission. Islam gives you permission for that. But it simultaneously tells me I can tell him to sort off. I can tell him bye bye. I'm going. Go. So when he said, I don't want to leave you, I could even say, well, I'm leaving you, dude, because my religion gives me that ability. It doesn't hold me down to that stupid marriage. It doesn't, okay? So this idea is really falsity as well. So this in my culture, um, but my, my the number of men, so people's not so much, but the number of men in my family were like, oh, she, you know, why did she just leave him for that? He saw what he did in her face. She could have forgiven him and he would come back to her anyway. I thought, what the... And funny enough, my uncle didn't. So my father and uncle didn't say this. My brother didn't say this. It was the extended family members who thought I was, you know, too much of a hot shot or whatever, and et cetera, et cetera. And they thought I was, I mean, one of my cousins even said this, you know, she's made, she's like, you know, I'm too headstrong and I'm too westernized and how I should have just, you know, I should have just ignored it. So what Islam allows for two, you know, four wives and you know, I should have allowed it. And even the, one of my one of my ex-husband's friends had the dastardly to call me up and say, why are you making such a fuss about it? Islam allows two wives, uh, four wives. He's got two. So what's the big deal? And I said, dude, Islam tells me I can leave him too. What's your problem? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, jokes apart, I was in that financial predicament where even though I was educated in the UK, not Pakistan, in the UK, and I was a strong, independent woman of UK, yet... I had caught, been caught into a financial position where I had to claw my way out, get myself financially independent, and know that I was going to be responsible for my kids. And I did do that. But at one point, I was stuck in that marriage because I was totally financially dependent on my ex-husband. So even before the affair, the marriage was horrible. It was horrible. And I was trying my level best to make it work. And, and I thought everything was wrong with me. And it was all my fault. And everything in the, in the marriage was my fault and how I was ungrateful, et cetera, et cetera. And I wanted to make it work and I didn't want my children to suffer financially because of, you know, if I left him or anything. So this, because I've suffered it in my hand, I know how important money is. I never blame money for it. It wasn't money's fault. He was the wrong person. My ex was the, bad, the wrong person. I won't call him bad. You know, people don't, people aren't bad. People do bad things, people aren't bad. So he did something wrong, not money. So money wasn't to blame. So why should I blame money? So this is why, I'm so passionate that people need to understand they need to take their own financial responsibility in their own hands, and especially young girls. And the number of people, and I think if I, as a woman, got blackmailed and emotionally blackmailed here, imagine the number of women who stay in abusive, horrible relationships or in abusive homes because they don't have the financial independence. Can you see that? And this is what drives me. This is what, this is what makes me so passionate about teaching children from a young age, especially young girls, how it's so important for them to take responsibility for their life into their own hands. So good. All right. I'm going to challenge you now to, so imagine you had a billboard 
and you can put it anywhere in the world. In fact, it can be someplace in the world where everybody can see it. It's a magical place. What does it say? Hmm, that's interesting. I've got it. Very simply, make money your best friend. Hmm. I think in your life, if you have money, you'll have the strength of character to be able to deal with anything. I promise you. It's, it's, you know, when you don't have money, everything crumbles because you, when you can't feed yourself, when you can't clothe yourself, when you don't have that, it attacks every aspect of yourself. I'm not saying you have millions. Yes, it's great to have millions and you should aim for it. But the bare necessity is to have water, shelter and food in front of you. And it comes, it's really brought home, especially when you have children. Because my biggest fear, I tell you, the biggest, well, the lowest point in my life was, in UK, we have welfare because I have been wealthy and I had property at the time when I was divorcing my ex-husband. I the property when we went to divorce, we, I had no access to my property. It's just it's you're not able to do anything with it. There's a lockdown and there's there's whatever, and so I was. I remember I wasn't entitled to welfare. They did my assessment and my there was too much equity, so I wasn't entitled to it, which is fair enough. I don't. I'm not saying they were wrong. Um, that's there is reason for it. I had no financial income. And I was only allowed to have, because of my rental income, I was given um, child benefit. And child benefit worked out to about 137 pounds every four weeks, everything. And that's all I had for food at one point in time. And I remember sitting at my dining table and thinking, what the hell do I do with this, right? And I remember as clear as day that the feeling of the, I had of the helplessness I had, and not once did I think I should go back to my ex-husband, but I did think, am I going to do? What do I do? So this is one thing that I've brought home to me, how important money is, because when you don't have money, you don't have food in your tummy, when you don't know how you're going to pay for the rent or you're going to be out on the streets, nothing else comes to mind, nothing. The most important thing that seems to you at that moment is making sure I have food, making sure I have shelter, making sure I have, you know, security for myself and my kids or my family, whoever it is. So this is why making money and having sufficient amount of money should be a number one priority. Everything else will fall into place. And then how much money you want, how many cars you want is your choice. You don't have to have a Lamborghini. You can go with it with, with the, you know, with the Ford for all I care. But make sure that you are happy being in and comfortable in that environment. Don't let your circumstances decide what your choices are. You choose your life. Mm. Such great words to end on. Gull, thank you so much. If people want to learn more about you, possibly work with you, where should they go? Thank you. That's a great question. So I think the best place to start learning from me is my podcast. I have a podcast too. It's called Money Mindset with Gull Khan. I also have a YouTube channel, which is where we're starting off, quite beginning at that. And that also is the same name, Money Mindset with Gull Khan. And if you want to read my blog, it's gullkhan.com. So that's the best way. But I do I do run workshops every three to four times a year, which is millionairemindsetmakeover.com forward slash workshop. Amazing. We will put all that info in the show notes. Thank you so much, Gal. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And remember, you can always reach out to me through my website, kelseyabbott.com. 
Also, come get your human design readings, individual readings and partner readings. Head over to KelseyAbbott.com slash human design to book your reading to find out if you're a specific or non-specific manifester to get really clear on what your soul chose for you to be driven by and a million bazillion other things. And then if you want some magic in your life, if you're feeling blocked in your money flow or in anything at all, head over to KelseyAbbott.com slash soul dash magic to book a soul magic session with Tina Olson and me. We make magic with you. We combine human design and theta healing to remind you who you are, bring you home to your light and clear away any subconscious blocks that are holding you back. Those subconscious blocks might be things from your childhood. They might be things from last week. They might be things from a past life. They might be things from an ancestor, like as in someone you've never even met had this belief and it's just like hanging out in your energy field and slowing you down. Let's clear that shit out. You are amazing. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.